Welcome to another special Money 2020 edition of Pay Tech Talk, the podcast about payments. Today's guest is Matteo Rizzi, co-founder of FTS Group. We're here at the Money Pot booth on the floor of Money 2020. In front of me, I have Matteo Rizzi sitting sitting right here next to me. <laughs> Thank you, Alia. Nice to be here. How are you? Nice. Nice. Happy happy that it's like day three and we are wrapping this up. It's been very intense. Yes, it's been a very uh, intense two days here at uh, Money 2020. So, Matteo, just tell everyone what you've been up to for the past, uh, you know, the past months and years. Well, the years is going to be probably more more compelling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a circus for the past, uh, like like financial services circus for like twenty odd years, out of which thirteen were at Swift, where you know back in the days we created Dino Tribe. Uh, that is considered one of the pioneers of the whole like mm-hmm. fintech space. Uh, we gave home to the first like global startup challenge. Uh, the first one was TransferWise, now Wise. You know what right. happened afterwards, yep. and a bunch of others like Revolut, uh, Currency Cloud. You know, and and I really felt it really felt to be part of uh, what now has become like a, a fintech family all over the world. Uh, and last in 2013, became an investor and entrepreneur and. Um, with different like uh, venture funds. Right now, I am an impact investor. I invest in Africa with a fund called uh, uh, Bamboo Capital Partners. Mm-hmm. That's like a venture partner for the fund, but I also sort of keep uh, fighting and, and hustling with the FPS group. Uh, and also, like uh, here and there, I wrote a couple of books and uh, you know, I do speak. But, so, so you, you and, dabble. And, 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 <laughs> I, I, hang, I hang around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, have you noticed anything interesting in the payments news lately? So, the what's interesting is that I always said, and I'm not going to change my mind now, that payments payments per se is a super boring in- industry to me. Okay. Right? And the reason is that, uh, you know, wh- when I went to work for Swift, I I, I knew like very little about uh, the the whole space in general, mm-hmm. but payments was never the most fascinating part of the business. And the good news is that uh, in this like 20 years, the payments became a sort of the plumbing of the industry. Yes. You know, they, they tend to disappear. Very much because, so. Because the, because the clients uh, now wants, you know, the, the least, the smoothest, and the, the neatest and yep. seamless experience, you know, in, in performing any of these payments. And, uh, and, and the good thing or the bad thing is that uh, it, you only sort of pay attention to this industry when it doesn't work. You know, so I, I always bitch about my bank because, <laughs> you know, for s- some reason, international payments mm-hmm. for my company can't be done after 3 p.m. in the afternoon for whatever reason, you know. Or, so th- that's one aspect. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, exactly because uh, the, the mindset of the, of the consumer in the B2C space has changed, the, 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 what became interesting is that this uh, sort of fight to change that experience in a way that doesn't put the customer out of the comfort zone. And, uh, and this is where, you know, the explosion, you know, I, I know pretty well the, the emerging market ecosystems in general, mm-hmm. and especially the African one. And, you know, until, until like a couple of years ago, you would argue that uh, financially including someone in Africa was to give her a bank mm-hmm. account, right? Yeah. Now it's not anymore. 
So now an Uber driver can be financially intuitive because he has an app. Mm-hmm. And with that, uh, you know, he can collect payments from his clients, right? And so, and maybe he doesn't have a bank account because mm-hmm. it's just linked to his Mpesa account, for example, right? right? So there is this, this whole sort of uh, embedded experience in payments mm-hmm. in the B2C space that it is actually interesting because, uh, but I'm happy that uh, I sort of uh, directly witnessed this leapfrog, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is where we are now, and COVID, of course, accelerated you know, this sort of in the B2B space, uh, uh, that's something that uh, it is relatively recent. You know, companies like Pioneer, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, Healthport, or even like Booking.com, for example, yes. that sort of re-engineered um, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. you know, payments and collection platform in, you know, with their clients. And this is interesting. But again, it's very little about payments itself. Mm-hmm is more about infrastructure. So the future of infrastructures is what I think is interesting rather than the future of payments itself. Even if it's a little bit of a, you know, philosophical, what I'm saying. Uh, no, you no, know, no, it's fine. I like to say so. So who would you say is driving like the real innovation in fintechs? Is it like the, the fin, I mean, innovation in payments is like the fintechs or like the, the sort of established players like the bookings or the... So the, the I, I'm not, sure I would call it the established players mm-hmm. I want to call them the I want to call it the businesses okay. so you know the 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 real innovators are the uber the grab the okay. booking.com the Walmart you know the Carrefour you know these guys that uh, as I said they don't think payments as uh, a task to perform right they think as part of an experience uh, that actually okay. is an opportunity for something else, you know. Buy now, pay later is a good example, right? So everyone is yeah, talking. Yeah, lots of movement in that space lately. Tons. Exactly. But and and then again, I have you know my own opinion on this because it, sometimes it's difficult to uh, sort of uh, distinguish the difference between buy now, pay later and actually a, a short-term credit, right? And and because uh, that's what it is. Exactly. Essentially. Exactly, and especially in emerging markets. I think that uh, there is this trend of the fact that uh, uh, the buy now pay later companies are like reaching sort of stellar stellar valuation. Yeah. So people are actually disguising like credit companies into buy now pay later companies, and uh, okay. just because they get you know, higher valuation, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've seen something like this, and, and we need to pay attention, right, to this phenomenon because. That sometimes, as I said, you know, the, the, the customer has always to be at the center mm-hmm. of, this, of this experience. And what you don't want is, uh, you know, take the excuse of a trend to, at the end of the day, make this experience more expensive. Right. So, so having said that, how do you think uh, players in the fintech and financial services space can make it more, not only inclusive, but make fintech like a force for good? Like consumer, like consumer financial well-being, how can it or how does it play a role in that? So, you know, tech for good is uh, what I thrive for, okay? okay? So actually, the, the Bamboo Capital Partners, it, you know, belief is that uh, we can actually invest, do impact investing in a sustainable way and actually drive profit for the investors at the same time. Mm-hmm. Bamboo Capital is not the first one thinking about it. Uh, I used to work for a media network and now Flourish Ventures mm-hmm. and, you know, this is the fund of Piero Media, the founder of eBay, and they're the first investor in Africa. 
have been uh, collaborating with them for a couple of years. And they, back then they call it the double dip. You know, double dip is, mm -hmm. you know, investing good and, and, and return, you know, and return. In this case, I believe that uh, technology in general, not just in the fintech space, is, a, you know, has a fundamental role in, uh, in the impact investing space. And we can see it, you know, we, in our fund, this is not just a fintech fund, but mm -hmm. we also we do health tech, mobility, okay. education tech, you know. Comprehensive. Exactly. So fintech is what we observe, since this is a fintech podcast <laughs> at the end, it becomes a meta industry. So it is pervasive every single one of the other industries. Mm -hmm. So health tech, for example, at the end of the day is all about data, being able to collect payments from you know the end user mm -hmm. or from the hospitals in, right. in this case I have now a company that does like blood distributions uh, you know from, in, from between uh, uh, blood banks and, uh -huh. and hospitals you know tagging the right. tagging tagging the, the bags of blood you know to make Very sure heavy exactly to, to, to make sure that uh, and at the end of, it's not in, in this case for example it's not about just the traceability and the logistics. But it's also make sure that uh, you know that the, the the hospital can pay seamlessly. You know this. It's very important. Exactly. And that's connected to the yeah. right blood so, bank. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just giving you one example, but really technology and impact are absolutely intertwined. Oh, that's a. I like the way you put it. So switching to a little bit something more personal, do you have anybody that's like a huge inspiration for you uh, in your professional life? So, uh, I don't know when I sort of uh, talked about the same subject, but the, the, and I think my answer is still the same after a couple of weeks. As someone who has been in the industry for basically as long as the industry is called fintech, mm -hmm. we're talking 2008, 2009, I think that, uh, first of all, the evangelists of this change are the one who has always been an inspiration. You know? Okay. So, the... the the first fintech entrepreneurs, you know, yesterday, you know, the, the, the Nigel, uh, Nigel Verdon from Brave's uh, uh, Bank, for example, to give you an example. These guys were there at the very beginning, right? Yes. And uh, some of them as like the thought leaders, the Brad King, the Chris mm -hmm. Killer, the Jim Maroos, and you know, these guys. Right. Some more, you know, Brad actually also as an entrepreneur, but you know, some were like pure entrepreneurs futurists you know that the word that, that saw the potential for you know today is very easy to see all these unicorns around and see all these hundreds of millions flowing in the industry back then it was more complicated right and these guys have been an inspiration you know and 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 when i walk you know in the mm -hmm. in the halls of money 2020 with and, and i hug like a, a few dozen dozen <laughs> dozen of them we always remember you know, back then when, you know, Money 2020 wasn't there, basically InnoTribe at Cybers was mm -hmm. the only place where we talked about fintech seriously. Everything else was really small. We actually created Fintech Stage in 2015, which is still, you know, in the, an international conference that we run in Italy, mm -hmm. actually in a couple of weeks. But uh, back then there was like very little. And all these guys that were at the beginning, uh, uh, you know, I named a few that have all been an inspiration to me. Oh, nice. So wrapping up, what's a question that you wish someone asked you in an interview, but they don't, or they haven't? So uh, 
why you have never funded your own startup uh, or VC-backed startup? Nobody asks me that. Okay. Can you answer that question? <laughs> and, uh, so I think that uh, the reason why I haven't done it is because I think that I am better in being like in the advisory role mm-hmm. than in a hustling uh, mono company co-founder mm-hmm. simply because it's, it, this is how my, my brain works so the downside is that of course you you know when there is an exit typically you sort of take less advantage of it mm-hmm. because you've been playing uh, not a, like a fundamental role. right but on the other hand that's you know my my brain and my way of thinking uh, sort of drives more satisfaction in helping uh, and coaching uh, different companies and entrepreneurs okay. and potential clients. The more hands-on part. Exactly. So, yeah, that's is not the question, but is is a question that I uh, I don't think I've, you know, anybody has asked me recently. Okay, well, thank you. Matteo Rizzi, straight from the Money 2020 floor. It's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. You've just been listening to Paytech Talk, the podcast about payments. This episode's guest was Matteo Rizzi, co-founder of FTS Group. Paytech Talk is produced by Cognito Media Amsterdam. Thanks for listening.